Blog Talk Radio. What's up, college football fans, and welcome to another edition of Quick Slants, the show where we talk nothing but college football. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Dev McMillan. I'm here at the round table with the star of the show. We got Fred Purdue in the building. What up, Fred? What's going on, sir? Uh, Two weeks. Two weeks. That's all I got to say. Two weeks, and my misery is over. Weeks, no doubt, and we're back at you with our, our Power 5 Conference preview series. And in this episode, we will be covering the ACC. So let's get right into it. Um, you know, a lot of fans have been waiting for this one. I know this one is near and dear to your heart, Fred, because on a personal level, just a little level, bit, just a little bit. for a team in the ACC. And if everybody out there doesn't know who that is, you know, we got to let you in on what shouldn't be a secret. This is the worst kept secret in college football, but Fred is a fan of the... <laughs> All right, so um, let's get right into it, man. Some some things happening in the in the ACC. Um, so definitely some things happening down at the U that we that we got to talk about. But uh, Manny Diaz and the new Miami Hurricanes. They named the starting quarterback and everything, man. Give us the rundown real quick. Yeah, so uh, the the mantra at Miami right now is the new Miami, and just just to kind of pull back the curtain a little bit, uh, we have, and actually we have a little bit of a, I'll get, we'll get to that later. Uh, we had a nice little special guest we'll be throwing in there a little bit later, um, Manny Navarro of the of the Athletic and the uh, the Miami Sentinel. I'm sorry, the Miami Herald. Um, you know, he, this team has so much talent, but they're also the kings of the transfer portal. And none, no one else knows much better than they do. I mean, you go get Tate Martell, you know, you go, that's your guy, by the way, from, from QB one, you that know, my guy. That's why I'm upset <laughs> that he's not the starting quarterback, not because I think he has all his game. I just want to see him play. I just want to see him out there. I want to see him talk trash. I, I had the, the the privilege of seeing him live at the spring game uh, back in April. I wasn't all that impressed. Um, there were wholesale changes at Miami. Uh, you from dating back to Mark Rick, he decided to for for all of those that don't know, Mark Rick, former Georgia head coach, was at Miami, came back home, all of that great stuff. He just the offense didn't didn't do anything. The defense was really, really good, but it need, it's a three-phase type of game. And I think that's the one thing when you're asked to give up play-calling duties, he just didn't want to do that. And Miami wanted to go in a different direction. Manny Diaz uh, was on his way out. He had already accepted the job at Temple. And he got the call sent from his wife multiple times as he's trying to put together a staff in meetings trying to get this staff together and they say Mark Rick's done and we want you and that's a heck of a decision to say I can go I can go up north go to your go to your neck of the woods go to Philly and and I can go be in the the American Athletic Conference or I can come I can stay right here get all the talent I want and just have a dominant defense I just got to put together a staff. So Manny Diaz takes the job, and he fired the whole entire offensive staff on point right then, right there. All you heard was guys walking out of their offices with just the worst poop faces ever. It needed to happen. So then you have to understand 
what they wanted to do on offense. So you bring in Dan Enos, who was the quarterback coach at Alabama. And, and, and I mean, he fixed – he essentially somewhat kind of fixed Jalen Hurts. Even in, though Jalen didn't really play much, you could tell he had a bit of a difference mechanically. He sees the field differently. I mean, he if he parlayed that. Uh, Jalen Hurts did to being the uh, eventually he more than likely will be the head, be the starting quarterback at Oklahoma, and so now you go you get Nikosi Perry, you get Tate Martell, and you get this young freshman in Jaron Williams who has now been named the starter. Jaron Williams was the number 77 overall prospect in the country in his recruiting class in 2018. He had a chance to start, but he came in late. You don't know the playbook. You have Nikosi Perry to beat out. You also have Malik Rozier, who I think is probably the worst quarterback I've ever seen in my time of watching the Miami Hurricane. And that includes Ja'Cory Harris. And I saw a lot of Ja'Cory Harris. Uh, Malik Rozier was just bad. And part of it isn't his fault. He's just not physically gifted enough. But some of those throws, some of those decisions, I just don't get it. Um, But the offensive offensive line wasn't all that great. Cool. I get it. But, you know, that that offense just – the one thing that every every game I saw last year for the last two years was just – it was one of those things where the offense went into a tank and they just had this woe is me mentality. And the defense just, you can have the best defense on the planet, but it doesn't matter if you're, that defense is out there. You can have the 85 Bears defense. It doesn't matter if they're on the field for 100 plus snaps every week. They're going to just, they're going to just give out. It's over. So, you know. Uh, Jaron Williams is a is a pocket passer. He's about six two. He's probably about two fifteen. He's got he's gained some size because he was a bit of a string bean last year. Um, probably the, he has a very good, probably the strongest arm on the team. He's a natural passer. He's not one of these, these spread option guys. He's he's not Nikosi Perry. He's definitely not Tate Martell. Uh, Tate Martell is more of the the option move run around type of guy, the Johnny Manziel type. I'm not calling him Johnny Manziel. Don't call. Don't say I said that. But that's the type of player that he he will be. Uh, but Jaron's more of your traditional pocket passer. Uh, he got a lot of support from a lot of the former players at the Paradise Camp, which is a camp that they have every year for prospective uh, players who are who may be sophomores, juniors, and, and rising seniors. And he's gotten a lot of the praise from former players like Warren Sapp, Michael, uh, Michael Irvin, uh, various guys have just given him tons of support. So when the former players speak, you listen. He's done everything he needs to do. He's a starting quarterback. Now, I don't want to throw a freshman into a game like the Florida Gators, but it is what it is. No doubt. Well, shout out to the youngster. Um, but, you know, Tate Martell is still my guy. Um, anyway, <laughs> let's move on to Chapel Hill. Talk about the return of Mac Brown. Return of the Mac. That That's the mantra this year. And I'm not really expecting a ton. Uh, North Carolina was terrible last year. I mean, everybody destroyed them. Everybody destroyed them. And they're coming, they're dealing with a ton of sanctions uh, d- dating back to the Larry Fedora days, l- dating back to the Butch Davis days, where they're just, they had so many um, 
issues with bad things, agents, and all of the other crap that has happened there, that now you're seeing what what happens when the NCAA just drops the hammer on you. Uh, that's what you're seeing right now. Uh, they were they were two and nine last year. Okay, so expect to see a lot of that coming around this year. But Mac Brown comes back as it everything comes back full circle. See, everyone remembers Mac Brown as having Vince Young, the beating USC, beating Michigan, and having Colt McCoy getting back to a national championship. That's what we. That's what many casual college football fans remember. But Mac Brown started at at North Carolina, where he built that program up in the '90s, and then then he went on to Texas. Well, he's got a lot of building to do. I think he got bored in a studio, like a lot of coaches do. They get bored talking about football, you know. And you can say this about any whether it's Urban Meyer, whether it's Mac Brown, whether it's John Gruden. They all get bored, and they finally uh, they get back to what they know. They can, it's cool to, to say what everyone else can do and what they can't do, but when you actually are in those trenches, win or lose, it's just some guys are built that way, and regardless of how old he is, he's still going to be a presence. It's good to see him back. I don't know how long he'll last. I think more than likely you'll see him, and he'll be that guy that is the, the coach for a few years, and then he may transition to more of a AD-type role, assistant AD-type role, advisory consultant-type role. When they he, He's there to clean the program up. That's what I am what I saw when, when that move happened. I was like, instantly, he's, he's a good guy. He's, he's there to clean this program up, and then he'll pass the torch on as this program kind of comes back a little bit. And just for all of you college football fans, don't be surprised if the recruiting is really good there because that is a bit of a hotbed. Uh, that that Carolina area, the Georgia area, that's where a lot of these a lot of the top recruits come from there. So don't right. be surprised if you see a lot of good recruits and you'll see a lot of developing players come to North Carolina. All right. Now that that definitely makes a lot of sense because you know Mac Brown. Same same thoughts I had, kind of like. This is like one of those, all right, let me come in here and kind of put the pieces back together and then hand mm-hmm. this off to somebody else who can, you know, go on and, and, and do what they need to do from what he started. So, yeah, I definitely agree with that sentiment. Um, let's talk a little bit about FSU. Um, do you see a rebound in order for, for the criminals? So I respect those guys. They're they're little brother, and I'll keep my personal opinions out of this. Uh, They're little brother, and and but the thing is, what I see in this team is I see a problem at quarterback. Jimbo Fisher didn't leave the cupboard completely bare, but Willie Tag Willie Taggart in year one just did not look great. DeAndre Francois is gone. Uh, You bring in Kendall Bryles, uh, son of Art Bryles. The Bear, the Baylor coach, he's now the offensive coordinator. So you have two good offensive minds coming together. You also have now that DeAndre Francois is gone, you have Alex Hornerbrook from uh, Wisconsin, more of a game manager type quarterback. He may he he may be that guy that steps in if James Blackman, who I call who still looks like a string bean despite being six six, and he just seems like he hasn't gained any size, uh, but you know, when I look at um, 
I look at this team, I, I say offensive line, not great, but they have a good running back in Cam Akers. Probably going to be a top 100 pick come, come, come May uh, in 2020. So look out for them. The defense should be better. I've been touting this touting one of their receivers, Tamari and Terry. Uh, he has really caught my eye. He caught my eye last year, but I said it's maybe just a flash in the pan. So I want to see a little bit more, but he reminds me so much of Josh Gordon. It's scary. Um, a rebound is going to be could be contingent on them simply winning games. And I honestly think that Willie Taggart is going to be coaching for his job this year because Florida State, like, like any other big-name school, and we'll kind of dive into it a little bit more as we talk schedule and stuff. But when you talk, when you say Florida State, you think greatness. You think Bobby Bowden in the '90s and just dominating. Really, the only team, two teams that really opposed him were Florida and Miami. But you know, you just like an Alabama, a USC, or a Penn State, a traditional power. They those fans want to see that team win, and if they're not winning. An eight and five season is not acceptable at Florida State, but you have games against Boise State. Yeah, Boise State. You have games against Clemson still, Miami. You have Florida also. So there's a lot of potential, and there's some sleeper teams in the ACC we'll be talking about. So it's not an easy road. It's not just don't look at the name on the schedule and say, oh, that's an easy win. Those guys will be just because it's Florida State, because this is not your, your father's Florida State. This might be your son's Florida State. Definitely not your father's Florida State. All right. And shout out to DeAndre Francois. Um, You know, he transferred to an HBCU. You know, we got to pick up the pieces, get the scraps wherever we can get them. Um, He's a Hampton Pirate now. That's not exactly last chance you, but (laughs) kind of. Yeah. Shout out to uh, DeAndre. Shout out to Hampton for hitting that uh, big fish and, you know, down on the level in which they play, that's a pretty big fish, at least a big name to get. So we'll see how he could do on that level. Um, speaking of sleeper teams, we're going to get to that in a minute, but I want to go through some of your projected standings for the <laughs> ACC before we extract one of these teams in these standings as your biggest sleeper. So let's start with the ACC Atlantic standings. How you got that shaping up? Oh man, uh, for me, uh, this one's this one's easy. Number one, actually, we'll start from the bottom and go to the top because, you know, we all I, I like the, the team at the top, and it, it's no surprise either. But we'll start at the bottom. Uh, Louisville just just not a good team. It's the the Bobby Petrino era is over. The Lamar Jackson over. era is definitely <laughs> definitely over. Jawan Pass isn't a bad quarterback, but he's not a good one either. Uh, they have games. Uh, against Notre Dame, they start the season with Notre Dame. They have Florida State in, at the end of at the end of September before they get an open date against Austin College, which that's going to be a good one. Uh, Boston College has a really good defense, but uh, you also have Clemson and Virginia back to back. Then you get Miami. You have to go to Miami and NC State. Ill, don't think that's a good one. Uh, I could see this team going like four and eight. Uh, it, it's just not good. Not at all. Uh, next up, we have uh, we have Wake Forest yet again. Uh, just another one of those. Wake Forest used to used to could surprise some teams, but I just don't see where you're going to get a lot of your wins 
right now because you're looking at you're looking at games against Clemson, Florida State. You already know you're probably going to lose those games. You start you get to start the season off against Utah State. Uh, Jordan Love is a very, very good quarterback. Remember that name come May next year. You heard it from me first. Jordan Love will be a very talked about name at Utah State. Uh, he's going to slash that team apart. Uh, you'll get wins against Rice. You'll get wins against North Carolina and Elon. But then you run into Boston College at uh, Chestnut Hill. Definitely not going to happen. Uh, you get you get Louisville. Again, that's a W for you. Those are the two worst teams in the division just have no chance. It, it, somebody's got to win one. But then you get Florida State, that's an L. NC State, that's an L. Virginia Tech, that's an L at uh, at Virginia Tech. You're not going to Blacksburg and winning that game. I don't care how bad Virginia Tech is. Uh, at Clemson, you can forget that one. I can see that game being – although, you know, those type of teams like, teams like Wake Forest tend to give – Big name schools like Clemson problems for the first maybe quarter and a half, but I don't see it happening. Duke, you may get a W there because they lost their star quarterback to the Giants, who will probably end up being a starter at some point. And Syracuse, you, Dino Babers is doing a great job there. Uh, so you can see, I can see an L there as well. So that team, I could also see the team being um, a six and six type of team. Wait, did you just make a prediction about Eli Manning on the college show? Possibly. Who knows? You think he's going to end up being a starter this season? Daniel <laughs> Jones. Eli's going to throw. Hey, 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 hey. I'm, I'm giving up too many jewels. Let me, let me bring it back. Just bring it back. We'll talk about <laughs> I, that. I, you know, you know, it just, it just caught my attention. So you know, I had to ask about it. We'll talk about that on Cover Two. So you guys make sure you tune in to Cover Two with McMillan and Purdue on the World of Sports Podcast Network. Shameless plug. All right, so uh, let's go. Well, you know, Clemson is... is, and is we can round <laughs> off the, the back end of this, uh, of the Atlantic. I have NC State at five, Boston College at four. Boston College is sneaky good. I just don't think they can throw the ball enough. Uh, that's the only thing that scares me. A.J. Dillon's pretty good as well. Uh, Syracuse at three, Florida State at two. Uh, for the reasons I said earlier, I think the offensive line will be a little bit better. Uh, look out for Cam Akers at running back, Tamari and Terry at wide receiver. Uh, those guys will be pretty good. If they figure out their quarterback situation, they should be fine. Uh, Levante Taylor at corner, he's not a he, – he really disappointed me the last couple of years. So I'm not – I won't – I'm holding off uh, judgment until I see a little bit more. And Clemson, we'll talk about them definitely. The national defending national champions. Yeah, I said it. The defending national champions. It's weird not yes, saying sir. Alabama. It's weird not saying Alabama, but um, you know, Clemson, you return Trevor Lawrence, who presumably if he I mean, he looked like a, a seasoned vet at the end of the year. He sliced and diced Alabama. I'm just putting it out there. Justin Ford at wide receiver. <laughs> Both of those guys were five star freshmen. So that's a they're gonna be around for a while. Travis Etienne who is my uh, let me hold on, hold on, because I I I won't put that out. I'm not gonna say that. I said it in previous shows, so you'll have to go back and listen to a previous show about him. <laughs> but he's a really good running back and I have a certain feeling about him. But unfortunately those two guys are going to probably uh, – Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne, those guys are going to probably take boats away from each other. Uh, but the defensive side, everyone wants to know about the defense because you had the best defensive line in college football. But Xavier Thomas is pretty good. 
he's pretty good and you're going to you're not losing a ton uh on the at the at the second and third levels of this defense. So expect this Clemson team to drop off a little on defense, but not a ton. Uh, they do get – they have uh, matchups against – they start the season with Georgia Tech. I think that will be a W. Uh, Georgia Tech is going through a complete rebuild, new coach, new offense, new everything. Uh, they actually got Jeff Collins, the, the head coach from Clemson. So he's gone now. He's gone on to Georgia Tech. But then you get you – got, you get uh, Texas A&M to – to really get ramped up. So that's going to be an interesting one. They barely won that one. That was the beginning of Trevor Lawrence uh, going into last year. You get at, at Syracuse, Charlotte, North Carolina. Those are all Ws. Florida, so you get an open week. You get a bye week on, on, on October 5th, and then you get Florida State. That's going to be an interesting one. That'll probably be the game that decides this division. Uh, but then Louisville, Boston College, that might be a sneaky trap game. Beware, Clemson, beware. You know these teams, these top teams, they lose games that they're not supposed to. Beware, Clemson, uh, Boston College has a pretty good defense. Wofford, NC State, uh, Wake Forest, all Ws. Uh, South Carolina at the end, I don't think they'll have too many problems with those guys. Uh, I could see an L happening at a potential L at Texas A&M. But I think they'll be fine. Give Clemson a 12-0 and record. Who, who says they're making the playoffs? I don't know. Who knows? All right. Well, let's go over to the ACC Coastal and tell me how you think that uh, part of the conference is going to shake out. So, um, I, I've been back and forth about this one, but we'll start at the bottom. Georgia Tech at the bottom. Same reasons I just said. New head coach, new offense. New quarterback, new everything. This team is going to be bad. Georgia Tech folks, uh, you know, you're going to have to be patient. Be patient. Paul Johnson is no longer there, so you don't have to watch the option anymore, but it's just going to be different. Um, Duke at number six. uh, David Cutcliffe has done a great job, but unfortunately Daniel Jones is gone, and you have to rebuild now, find you a new quarterback. It's hard to recruit at Duke the academic standards. Uh, I expect those guys to be going. It's time to come back down to earth a little bit. Uh, North Carolina, those guys are right uh, right ahead of those guys. So that game might determine who finishes fifth and sixth. Uh, Pitt at four. Uh, Pickett at quarterback is pretty good, but he just his arm is just not going to get him. Uh, he that His arm will not be the reason that they win the, their games. They're going to win games with defense and the running game. Uh, number three, Virginia Tech, you just can't keep a, a good dog down. Uh, those guys are going to come back. Justin Fuente is going to be uh, – he's going to coach that defense up. Uh, he's going to coach those guys up. And number two, I've been back and forth, and I know I put it down as something else, but something tells me that Virginia – might have a chance at this. No, it's going to come because Virginia gave Miami fits. Bryce Perkins gave those guys fits last year up to the point of actually winning that game. Uh, they Bronco Mendenhall has really brought this team along. I think they might just top the U and I'm going to put Miami number two. I'm going to go ahead and do it. Uh, Miami has a new head coach, essentially same defense, but Different head coach, lots of transfers. The defense is good. New co- freshman quarterback. Uh, you also have a shaky offensive line. So Miami is at number two until further notice. Show me a little something. Uh, those Canes, they do play Flor- the Florida Gators early. 
uh, in the season. That's going to be a very interesting and pivotal game. If they win that game, I may I may have to come back and, and eat a little crow, but uh, it really might change some things uh, in this division. But All right, well, that's, also- <laughs> that's an interesting you know, decision that you just made. Sounded sounded like you made it on the fly last minute. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm assuming, and it might be safe to assume, but I'm gonna go ahead and ask you, um, since mm-hmm. you did just make that. If there was one sleeper team from the whole conference, you know, both divisions, um, who would that be? Would that be Virginia, since you just made yeah, that bold I'd proclamation? Have so. I'd have to say so. Um, because quite honestly, the way that that team has been just, they've been built from the the ground up. Bronco Mendenhall has found, um, he's just found the answer. And then they have a very good defense led by Bryce Hall at corner. Uh, Bryce Hall is going to probably be anywhere between the number one and three corner, uh, in the country, uh, as far and going into the draft as well. He, he's not an athletic freak, but he's always in the right place. And there's something to be said about a guy that's always in the right place. He's got long arms. He's tall. Uh, he he's just perfectly built for a team that like 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 a Virginia. Uh, they play solid defense. Their schedule works out perfectly. I mean, you get Pitt early. We know how I feel about Pitt. William and Mary early. That's an easy one. Florida State. That's an old rivalry from back in the '90s. Florida State, you catch Florida State early because at least then they're still working on things. Old Dominion early. You might look at a team being 4-0, and then all bets are off. Notre Dame, you're going to Notre Dame. You're not winning that game. I'm just putting it out there. You're not winning that game. And then you have a bye week going into Miami at Miami. That game will determine your division. Win or lose, you still have Duke, Louisville, North Carolina, Georgia Tech, Liberty, and Virginia Tech. I, I could easily see if they beat Miami, they have a very – they could win 10 games easily, easily. Okay. That's why they're my all sleeper right. team. Schedule plays a big role in all of this. All right, well, let's get into some of the individual award predictions then. Um, offensive player of the year in the ACC. <laughs> Do we really have to go over this one? Do we really yeah, have? I think this would be pretty. It's gonna be Jaren. No, I'm people. joking. I'm joking. It's, it's gonna be Jaren. No, no, no. It's 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 Trevor Lawrence. This one's easy. I mean, Trevor Lawrence just completely shredded Alabama, and man, I'm I'm interested. There's a scenario in which, you know, it it kind of bleeds into the NFL, and I've kind of thrown it out there. Um, the, the certain team I I really really like uh, up in New England. Uh, they, you know, they, they're needing a quarterback in the next two years. And, well, this guy, Trevor Lawrence, can't come out for another, what, two years? So, you know, a certain number 12 gets shipped out. His contracts is, are one – he's on a one-year basis contract situation. Somebody say Brady's gone. And, well, I'm, I'm just throwing out scenarios, but no, Trevor Lawrence is easily the number one guy in this one. Uh, the only other player I could see is his own teammate, Travis ATN, who could be just a complete beast and rush for almost 2,000 yards and still not, you know, win a Heisman or anything. And still, because you have so many weapons on this team, uh, despite the loss of uh, 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 Amani Rogers, uh, who 
tore his ACL in back in the spring, but you have T. Higgins, Justin Ford. Uh, you have so much. You have so much talent on this team. Trevor Lawrence has an embarrassment of riches. So, uh, and he has a defense to back him up. All right. Speaking of defense, who's your defensive player of the year? Xavier Thomas. He is the prototypical <clears throat> defensive lineman. Big, six foot four, six foot five, two hundred fifty, sixty pounds. Great hands, good motor. He's the guy that he couldn't get on the field because those other four guys who got drafted are, you know, anywhere between one in the top five to later on in the draft. Uh, those guys were all ahead of him, and they took his snaps. So I uh, look forward to him. He might get to see a lot of double teams, but uh, as the season goes along, I think that defensive line is going to pick up. And By the way, Clemson is actually pulling out some more top defensive line talent in, in the recruiting trail. So they have uh, one of the top five classes, and it doesn't hurt to have a, a top guy out there making big-time plays to make these kids see, I can go to Clemson and be a star. No doubt. Um, yeah, so basically, it's his time. Like you said, he had to wait behind some mm-hmm. NFL prospects. It's basically his time. So mm-hmm. now that, you know, you gave the coach, I mean, the offensive player of the year and the defensive player of the year to Clemson, I can only guess that Dabo Sweeney is going to be the coach of the year? Not so fast. Not so Uh-oh. fast. <laughs> yeah, as my as my guy Lee Corso says all the time, not so fast. Um, Bronco Mendenhall. With the job he's going to be, if he's able to pull this season off that I've just pretty much predicted for him, to win the to win the coastal, to go on to face Clemson, and let's just say, for argument's sake, he finds a way to give them a game. I'm not going to give him. I'm not even going to say he's going to win this one. He's not winning that. That they don't have the talent. It's not going to happen. Okay, it's just not going to happen. We already saw what happened. <laughs> we already saw this story last year. It's it's going to be a lot of the same. Um, but if he just makes it competitive, if his team makes it competitive, he easily wins coach of the year. All right. So basically if they live up to your sleeper status, then the coach mm-hmm. should, uh, get his glory at the end of the season, uh, in the form of an individual award, not the, in the form of any championships of any sort, but <laughs> I get it. Definitely, All right. So, <laughs> Who's going to be the top newcomer to the ACC? You know, not earlier I Tate Martell. God damn it. Definitely not going to be <laughs> Tate Martell. But it could. You never know. I mean, Jaron Williams might not. No, I'm not putting that bad juju out there. Tate, go sit down. Um, but, uh, <laughs> you know, when I when I look at Miami, I say they were, tra- they were transfer portal U. And one of their biggest pickups was K.J. Osborne, the transfer from Buffalo. He lost his quarterback in, in Tyree Jackson, who went on to the NFL. He's now with the Bills. Big six seven type quarterback with a big arm. Well, he's gone now. So now I can go I can go stay with this team or I can go find a, a new home with a quarterback that can play. A young quarterback that can play. I mean when I look at him, twenty five twenty five receptions last year, uh, you know, three hundred yard three hundred thirty seven yards, he's a nice slot. But he's he's six foot uh, good hands, 210-ish. So he's going to be able to, in college, he can play outside and inside. But he's already gaining the respect of his teammates at Miami. And he's being considered a leader on that team already as a senior, so uh, as a grad, a grad transfer senior. So he's 
he may be the number one or number two receiver, depending on how uh, JT uh, Jeff Thomas is doing. Uh, and a lot of those other young guys are doing it. He can, I mean, he's a leader of men. He he could be that in that spot, but he'll be a major contributor uh, at Miami. So as far as newcomer, definitely uh, he can definitely fit the bill. Okay. Well, give me a team who you think will be the biggest riser in the conference. Uh, and this is only by default. I mean, you can't go many further. You can't go any further down than they have already. They have already been. Uh, North Carolina. You have return of the Mac. I mean, all you have to do. You're you have one job, Mac Brown. One job. You don't have to do anything else but clean up the program. Win about four games. Win four games. That's it. You know, though that's not that difficult. Go out and beat Wake Forest. Go out and beat Appalachian State. Go out and beat a Mercer. Go out and definitely go win your in-state rivalry versus NC State. You go win those four games, and you're a god there right now because you cleaned up the program. That's all you got to do. That's all you got to do. All right. So who's going to take the biggest fall? Definitely Duke. Uh, From where they were last year to where they are now, where they're going to end up, uh, they just—it's just by a loss of talent. I mean, you can't lose what they've lost: quarterback, receivers, def- uh, defensive backs. You can't lose what they've lost. Uh, and last year they were an eight and five team. I can see this team being like four and four and eight, five and seven. Uh, definitely a big drop off. All right, and finally. Um... Most important game. I think you may have given uh, a little indication on this one earlier in the program, so I think I know what you might say. But uh, what, what's going to be the most important games, um, game or games, in the conference this season? Uh, only because it's a rivalry. Uh, November 2nd, Florida State-Miami, it's always one of the biggest ones, regardless of how good the teams are. Uh, but and this doesn't include out of conference games. This only inclu- includes games that will help determine the conference. Uh, Virginia Miami October 11th. That game will more than likely determine who wins the coastal as long as those teams because they're going to be in control of their own destiny at that point. And let's say maybe Virginia. Let's say Miami beats Virginia, but Miami stumbles along the way. And Virginia, and let's say Virginia Tech has an okay season. There's a three-way tie situation going on there. Virginia Tech, Miami on October 5th could also be a big piece because those games that you lose early always somehow come back to bite you. All right, so there you have it, good folks out there. That is your ACC uh, 2019 college football preview. Um, only as only like Fred Purdue can do it. Well, look, Fred, we got to let everybody know, man. Um, it's it's about that time. We're two weeks away. Uh, the War Room, the Quick Slants War Room Sports College Football Pick'em, which is being hosted on ESPN.com, is up and ready for entries. Uh, if you go to the War Room Sports Facebook page, go to Facebook.com uh, and, and put in the search box, War Room Sports. Just go to that page. You'll see right now, somewhere along uh, near the top of the page, is the advertisement for the game. Just click that link to get inside. Uh, the winner of the 
Quick Slants World Room Sports College Football Pick'em. We'll get to host an episode of Quick Slants with Fred Perdue and yours truly. Um, So make sure you get those entries in. Hey, when you get in there, try not to miss a week. Set it so that you get reminders every week. If you do happen to miss a week or if you have a terrible week, do not get discouraged because we will be dropping the score from the lowest week. So your lowest week score will be dropped to, to, in order to keep you guys in the game and keep you competitive um, to be able to come on and host a show with us and show us your knowledge. And, hey, show us you might have a future in this business. So um, check it out there on the Facebook page. You can also go to the War Room Sports Twitter page. Uh, to get in there as well. So um, Fred will also be uh, tweeting that out, uh, putting that out on all his social media pages as well. So make sure you guys get in and battle with us all season long. You got to get those bragging rights over over Fred Purdue because he's World Room Sports College Football Guru. So you know, beating me—that's that's not you know that, that's nothing. That's nothing to celebrate. You know, beating anybody else at World Room Sports—that's nothing to celebrate. But if you beat Fred Purdue, then that's something to celebrate. So go out there and get those entries in. Um, look, man, it's been another great one, Fred, man. We have, what, one more show left in our uh, Power 5 Conference preview series? Two more, two more, two more. Two more? Two more. Uh, we have the Big Ten in the SEC. You know we can't I'm leave those guys out. You know those people up north, they they get a short show because, you know, they, they don't play football. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, okay, we got two more in the building then. We got the Big Ten, and we got the SEC, as Fred just said. So you guys make sure you stay tuned. Keep it locked. Just check in every day at the War Room Sports Podcast Network. Um, check for all the archive episodes of Quick Slants. Once you get to the network, you can go to the menu on the right, click Quick Slants, and you can get all the latest shows, uh, all the latest episodes of Quick Slants right there in one place. Uh, like I said, our series is still coming on. We got two weeks before the season starts. We'll get you caught up on everything that we need to get you caught up on before that time. Um, if you're an NFL fan, like I said earlier in the show, you also make sure when you go to the War Room Sports Podcast Network that you check the latest episodes of Cover 2. Um, we'll be talking all NFL football there. We'll be previewing uh, the season before that starts sometime soon as well. So we got a lot of content coming your way. We got a lot of football coming your way. So Fred, before we get out of here and we get to working on these next shows, let everybody know where they can hit you on social media. If they got any comments or questions about anything that you said on any of these episodes of quick slams. Definitely. You can, you can find me on Twitter uh, Fred Purdue CFB. You can also find me on on IG right there. Um, everywhere on social media, man. We're we're kind of ramping this thing up a little bit. Also, don't forget that whole college football fantasy football thing. Uh, I've, it's different. I've never done it, so I don't know what to expect. The draft will be next Monday, the twenty uh, on the twenty first. So don't forget that. All right, yeah, we've got a lot of stuff coming your way, man. It's football fever. It's a football frenzy going on here in the war room. So we will see you guys on the next episode with more college football coming right at you. And like we always tell you at this time, don't accept mediocrity. Be steadfast in the war against ignorance. We'll see you chumps on top.
Quick Slants, War Room Sports. War Room Sports, www.warroomsports.com. What? Ain't no more to it.